Welcome to this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast, hosted by me, Christina Simmons, who will be your guide for this audio online retreat that's going to be focused upon continuing to help you become the saint God created you to be. This retreat, we're going to be reading from the spiritual classic, The Soul of the Apostolate by Dom Jean-Baptiste Chattard. And it's going to include a brief reflection and daily resolution. It's designed to help you incorporate and live out that wisdom in your daily life. So, join with me now as we take our next step in our pilgrimage towards holiness. Hello and welcome to Day 28. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask you to open our hearts and minds as we pray this prayer from St. Augustine, our patron and intercessor. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. Amen. Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we are continuing our discussion about how it is that the interior life is able to make uh, action more fruitful. And yesterday we spoke about how the interior life draws down the blessings of God. Today we're going to speak about how it makes the apostle capable of sanctifying others by his example. In the Sermon on the Mount, our Lord called his apostles the salt of the earth, the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth in proportion as we are saints. But if the salt has lost its savor, what use has it? What shall be cleaned by the unclean? It is only good to be cast out and trampled underfoot. But on the other hand, a genuinely holy apostle, the true salt of the earth, will be a real agent of preservation in that sea of corruption which is human society. As a beacon shining in the night, the light of the world, the brightness of his example, even more than the light of his words, will dispel the darkness piled up by the spirit of the world, and will cause to shine forth in splendor the ideal of true happiness, which Jesus set forth in the eight Beatitudes. The one thing most likely to induce the faithful to lead a really Christian life is precisely the virtue of the one charged with teaching it. On the other hand, his imperfections are almost infallible in turning people away from God. For the name of God through you is blasphemed among the Gentiles. That is why the apostle ought more often to have the torch of good example in his hands than fine words upon his lips, and should be the first to excel in the practice of the virtues he preaches. A man whose mission it is to preach great things, says St. Gregory, is by that very fact bound to perform them. It has been pointed out, and with truth, that a physician of the body can heal the sick without being well himself. But to heal souls, a man must himself have a healthy soul, because in order to heal them, he has to give them something of himself. Men have every right to be exacting and to ask much of those who offer to teach how to lead a new life. And they are quick to discern if their works measure up to their words, or if the moral theories which they so willingly display are nothing more than a lying front. It is on the basis of their observations in this matter that they will give him their confidence or refuse it. 
What power the priest will have in talking about prayer if his people see him often in intimate converse with him who dwells in the tabernacle, so often forgotten by so many. They will not fail to listen to him when he preaches penance and hard work if he is himself a hard worker and a man of mortification. When he exhorts them to love one another, he will find them ready to listen to him if he is himself careful to spread throughout his flock the good odor of Christ, and if the gentleness and humility of the divine exemplar are reflected in his own conduct. A pattern of the flock from the heart. The professor, who has no interior life, imagines he has done all that is required of him if he keeps within the limits of the program of his examination. But if he is a man of prayer, some word will now and again slip out, not only from his lips, but from his heart. Some sentiment or other will show itself in his expression. Some significant gesture will escape him. Yes, the mere way he makes the sign of the cross or says a prayer before or after class, even a class in, ma class in mathematics, may have a more profound influence on his students than a whole sermon. A sister in a hospital or an orphanage has the power and the effective means to sow in souls a deep love of our Lord and his teachings, even while remaining prudently within the limits of her duties. But if she has no interior life, she will not even suspect the presence of such a power, or it will not occur to her to do anything more than encourage acts of exterior piety. Long and frequent discussions did far less to spread Christianity than the sight of Christian conduct, so opposed to the egotism, injustice, and corruption of the pagans. Cardinal Wiseman, in his masterpiece, Fabiola, brings out what a powerful effect the example of the early Christians had upon the souls, even of those pagans who were most prejudiced against the new religion. The story shows us the progressive and almost irresistible advance of a soul towards the light. The noble sentiments, the virtues, whether modest or heroic, which the daughter of Fabius found in various persons of all classes and conditions, excited her admiration. But what a change took place in her, what a revelation it was for her soul when she found out one by one that all those whose charity, devotion, modesty, gentleness, moderation, love of justice, and chastity she admired all belonged to that sect which had always been represented to her as worthy of execration. From that time forth, she was a Christian. Is there anyone who can keep himself from exclaiming on finishing this book, oh, if only present-day Catholics, or at least their active workers, had something of this splendid Christian life, which the great cardinal here portrays, and which nevertheless is nothing but the gospel put into practice? How irresistible would then be their apostolate among the modern pagans who are too frequently prejudiced against Catholicism by the calumnies of heretical sects or repelled by the bitterness of our own answers to our opponents and by a certain way we sometimes have of asserting our rights in a tone that suggests wounded pride far more than the desire to maintain the interests of Christ. What tremendous power there is in the influence radiated by a soul united to God. It was the way Father Passeret celebrated Mass that convinced the young de Surmont that he should enter the congregation of the Most Holy Redeemer, in which he himself was later to achieve such holiness and importance. The public has a sort of intuition that cannot be fooled. When a real man of God preaches, people come in crowds to hear him. 
but as soon as the conduct of an apostle ceases to measure up to what is expected of him, no matter how ably his enterprises run, it will be much harmed and perhaps ruined beyond recovery. Let them see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven, says our Lord. Good example is something St. Paul stressed over and over again in writing to his two disciples, Titus and Timothy. Timothy, in all things, show thyself an example of good works, or be thou an example of the faithful in word, in conversion, in charity, in faith, in chastity. He himself says, the thing which you have seen in me, these do you. Be ye followers of me, as I also am of Christ. And these words, full of truth, sprang from a confidence and a zeal that far from excluded humility, and were of the same kind as those which prompted our Lord's own challenge. Which of you shall convince me of sin? Under these conditions, the apostle, following in the footsteps of him of whom it is written, he began to do and to teach, will soon become operarium inconfusibilum, i.e. a workman that needed not to be ashamed. Above all, my dear son, said, said Pope Leo XIII, remember that the indispensable condition of true zeal and the surest pledge of success is purity and holiness of life. A holy, perfect, and virtuous man, said St. Teresa, actually does far more good to souls than a great many others who are merely better educated or more talented. Pius X declared that, quote, if our own spirit does not submit to the control of a truly Christian and holy way of life, it will be difficult to make others lead a good life, unquote. And he adds, all those called to a life of Catholic works ought to be men of a life so spotless that they may give everybody else an effective example. And so we conclude with those words. And one of the great encouragements is the fact that if we are striving to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to allow God to direct us, for us to follow the Lord, for us to be good you know, disciples, then our example can do even more than our words. And that's very encouraging for me um, since I'm not somebody, believe it or not, who wants to spend time doing a lot of words. Even though God has given me a lot of knowledge, I would prefer to implement that knowledge and live it rather than talk about it. And that's a part of why we have a resolution every day um, that is a part of this journey in order to be able to incorporate what it is that we are speaking about into our lives so that we can be these models. So what should our resolution be today? Well, I think that it's about a recommitment to being a follower of Christ. And being a follower of Christ means those four habits that I've spoken of before and has been what the church has taught from the very beginning of what Jesus taught and the church has continued to teach, which is we have to be attentive to our daily prayer. We need to be frequenting the sacraments, particularly Eucharist as much as we can, going to daily mass if even possible, and frequent confession, striving each day to grow in virtue just a little bit. This is how we become those good models of Christian example and abandoning ourselves to God's will. So 
we can trust that God is working in us. So today, recommit yourself to those four habits and practice them. In particular, practice that resolution at the end of your daily prayer, that resolution that God himself is giving you so that you can become a more powerful model and example of his life living in you. So then others may be intrigued and will be drawn to the light, which is his light, but which we become his instruments. So may this be what you are able to be about today and know of my continued prayers for each and every one of you, and God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you think of others who may benefit from listening, be sure to share the podcast with them. Until next time, know of my prayers for you to be given whatever graces you may need to continue doing whatever it takes on the journey towards holiness, so together we can tell the master of death, not today. God bless.